We'll get to episode 218 in just a moment, but before we do, I'd like to ask for your support of the Keystone Chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. Go to supportkeystonechapter.org to make a donation. Any amount would be greatly appreciated and be so helpful for our organization. Again, that's supportkeystonechapter.org. Thank you so much for your support. I really do appreciate it. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 218 of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for this episode today. And I've got a few interesting things to tell you. I'm very excited to talk about what I've got to tell you. First off, I do have a stinger now to go in between different topics. So it'll be a little bit easier to figure out if I'm still talking about the previous thing or the next thing. You'll see that coming up. But today I'm going to talk about these things. First of all, I got a call from American Express, and I told you about all the stuff that happened with American Express three or four weeks ago now. I spoke to Brandy, and I'll get into that in a minute. Another thing that I'll tell you about is I started taking TALTS, which is a psoriatic arthritis medicine, among other things. I'm sure it does some other things, hopefully more good than bad, but I started taking that. I'll tell you about those. I'm also going to tell you about Winter John, which is a concert that Alt-1045 Philly puts on each winter. Yes, outside, that played a big part in how long we stayed because it was a cold day that day. But I'll tell you, there was some vision aspects or lack of vision aspects that kind of gave us some problems there. And I'll tell you about those coming up. And also in Just Listen, we've got a sound clip from Winter John. However, because I am afraid to play anything that has any kind of copyright on it, it is not music from Winter John. It is something that one of the bands was doing in between songs, and it's kind of funny, and I'll I'll talk more about it when we get into that. I'll also tell you about a couple of meetings I had this week that are NFBFPA-related. One was about NFBFPA.org that I'm working on, and that was quite a long... (laughs) long meeting. And then there was also a blind merchants meeting. And I'll tell you about that too, because there were some things in there that really had, um, got me a little, got me a little upset because of what went on and, and what's happening with uh, the business enterprise program. But I'll tell you about those in a few minutes. I also talked to my friend, Chris Staley, who, when we first started talking, I realized that I've now known him for 20 years. And Dan, I can't believe it's been that long. Uh, Dan and I met Chris, back when we were at Chubb Institute, back in 2003. Horrifying that it was 20 years ago, (laughs) but I'll tell you more about that. Uh, I also will talk a little bit about White Canes Connect, and like I said, Just Listen is a Winter John version of that. Uh, It actually sounds pretty good, so let's get into it. So for the last three weeks, I've received calls from somebody named Brandy from American Express, and at first, when I looked up the number, the first time I got the call a few weeks ago, It was an unfamiliar number. It was area code 336, which is, I believe, North Carolina, and I had no idea. So when I Googled the number, it said spam call question mark and things like that. But she left a message even back then. So I was curious to what it might be about. And when I realized it was an American Express, I was wondering if it was to sell me something or if she was following up on the issues that I had, both with the email and with, more importantly, with the trying to 
get security to get get through security so that they could help me when I was having trouble with the app after I had all that all those issues with with my phone. So I actually finally spoke to her the first time she called. I took my phone out of my pocket and I couldn't answer and it went to voicemail and I I let it go. The other time she called was last week when I was in Washington D.C. in one of the congressional meetings. So I certainly couldn't take it. I certainly couldn't take it then. And so when she called yesterday, I was excited because I was hoping she was going to call because I really wanted to know, was it about the email? And I'll explain that in a sec. Or about the credit card and the security to get help when I called customer support, which they couldn't do. And I know I've talked about that aspect the last couple of weeks. Just a quick refresher on that. American Express has uh, with their security measures, you have to give the credit card number, obviously, the expiration date, I think, and the four-digit CVV number that's on the front. They also ask, after a little bit, they also ask for a three-digit code that's on the back. I don't have that memorized because you don't need that when you're making a transaction. When you're trying to buy something or pay for something, you don't need that number. You need the CVV number, which is on the front of the card, And I believe Amex is the only one that has it on the front. Well, when I couldn't provide that three-digit number on the back, the girl who was helping me said, I can't help you. And that is not something you ever want to hear from somebody doing customer service to a customer or client. Just awful. And it was just the way she said it. Just It really upset me. Uh, she was telling me she, she couldn't help me because I can't see. That, that was basically what she told me. The email thing is not as big a deal because it primarily deals with promotional emails. Any email that has to do with, hey, you got to pay your bill, or hey, here's what your statement balance is, they all are readable with my screen reader, with voiceover. The promotional emails usually have to do with a special deal with extra points on if you make a purchase from this company or that company, or they might have a coupon. Uh, and the cool thing with the coupons that they do, and I, I don't want to say coupons because it's, you don't have to do anything. Sometimes it'll be a spend $50 at Saks Fifth Avenue or Saks.com and get $10 off or whatever it might be. It's, it's usually, they're usually better deals than that. And that's the cool thing about it. You don't have to put in a, a promotional code. You just have to go into the store or the restaurant and spend money. But I can't read those. When the screen reader reads it, it's, I guess they're, I don't know what the term is for it, how they're laid out with their emails, similar to like an iframe in a, in a web page, but it's something that, it's an image, And it's an image pulled from someplace else. So it's not technically in the email. The coding is in the email, but the coding doesn't say what the image is. It's not, it doesn't have alt tags on it. So it doesn't say this is a, this is a promotional deal for this company or that company. So usually when I get those, I forward it to Liz and I say, do I need to sign up for any of these? What do you think if we'll use them or whatnot? And they have a bunch. They, uh, each month they come out with a few and usually they overlap a lot of them. Uh, I know there's been some for Levi's. Uh, I don't know if Jane has actually used it, but Levi's has uh, usually a couple times a year, Nike, things like that. GoPro has had one that I would have loved to use, but I didn't. <laughs> and, and there's just a whole bunch of things. Like Saks has, has ongoing ones uh, throughout the year. 
So I couldn't read those, and I forward those to Liz, and Liz will say, oh, yeah, you should maybe sign up for this one or that one. But it's frustrating that whenever I get an email from them, it basically reads the top because that's where there's some text, and then there's the images and, and whatnot in the middle, and then it, I get to hear the fine print down at the bottom. I don't know what the fine print is talking about because I can't see the bulk of the – the main purpose of the email is unreadable. So when I talk to Brandy, and I have to tell you, I don't know, uh, probably showing my age, even though I was young when it came out, every time I hear the name Brandy, I always add, you're a fine girl. I don't know if you're old enough to remember or have heard it on an oldie station, but back when I was seven years old, going to Cherry Dale or Cherry Ford, I can't remember the name, I think it was Cherry Dale, it was a day camp that I went to, and I remember going home uh, during the summer and this song would come on, Brandy, you're a fine girl, and I never knew until I looked it up after I got off the phone with her. The band is called Looking Glass, and they were from down the Jersey Shore, which I never knew. I I was shocked to hear that. Uh, But go ahead and ask the A lady or the G lady to play it for you. Uh, It will get stuck in your head. And if you know the song, it's already stuck in your head after me talking about it. So Brandy was very professional and helpful, and she heard the voicemail that (laughs) or I'm sorry, the conversation, because they record them all. And I was half tempted to ask for that recording, but I, I, I figured she's helping me out. I don't want want her thinking, why does he need that? <laughs> but I think it would be funny, because I'm sure I sounded like a lunatic. Probably not as much of a lunatic as when I talked to Southeastern Guide Dogs or left that message at Southeastern Guide Dogs, but I'm sure I sounded a little unhinged. <laughs> she knew about both things, and and I told her, just like I told you, the fact that they couldn't move forward because I couldn't read that number was more troubling. The other thing was an issue, but on the scale of one to 10, it was a two because it didn't have any, yeah, I'd like to save money, but if I don't know what those offers are, I'm probably not going to spend the money to use them. So it didn't matter. So we talked and she said she didn't have anything new to report, but she was working on it. They talked to the agent that spoke with me and they're going to get back to me probably within a week to let me know what's going on. So I'll keep you updated. Here comes that cool stinger. What do you think? All right, moving on. I started taking the new medicine for my psoriatic arthritis called TALTS. It is an injectable, and the first dose that you have to take is actually a double dose. And because it's an injectable, you can't put it in the same spot. So I basically did one in each thigh. (laughs) When I took the items out, when I took each, I hate to call it a needle, it's, it looked, honestly, it looked like a nose cone for a model rocket. Um, it looked like half a toilet paper roll thing, um, anything like that. It looked like something like that. And I should have taken a picture before I, I did them, uh, but I was more worried about keeping my hands clean and, and cleaning the spots on my thighs where I, where I injected uh, myself. So... It was a little bit different than the Humera, and fortunately for me, a lot different than the Stellara. Stellara was the one that I used just the two initial doses, uh, four weeks apart, and it did. It was horrible. Didn't do anything to help me, and like I said, I think it messed with my vision. This one, because it was the basically you're like pushing the uh, pushing a button to launch something, or uh, boy, it really always comes back down to shooting something. <laughs> pushing the button and it, it just, you push the button, you don't have to hold it. It just shoots it down. You hear it make a, a noise. Then you hear a, like a whooshing sound as the medicine is getting injected into you. And then you hear a click once it's done. Once you hear that click, you can stop pushing down 
uh, on the uh, thing to keep it tight to your skin, and you're basically done. You put it in the Sharps container and you move on. So with that, when I took them, of course, Liz had to take a look to make sure they were clear. And I, I thought they looked clear, but again, I, I don't really trust my vision. Uh, it's always good to have somebody help. And it's a, it was another instance, and in the directions it even said, if you uh, are visually impaired or hearing impaired, have someone help you. And I started wondering why the hearing impaired, and then I realized there are clicks that you have to listen for, both before you inject it, you have to turn something and you hear it click, and then you hear the click, like I said, once, once the medicine is done and the, uh, the needle has retracted back into the, into the unit. So I thought of a workaround for that. If you were hearing impaired or deaf, you could just set up a microphone and watch the levels of assuming that you have decent vision. You could watch the levels on whatever you're using to record it or, or to, to listen. Uh, otherwise, you could get somebody to help you. And that way, <laughs> I guess that would be easier if you, if you had a spouse or a fam- another family member uh, or friend with you while you're doing it. Vision, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out a workaround for that. And I, I'm not going to because once you do the initial dose, you take it every four weeks. So I'm scheduled again the first weekend in March. I actually think it's helping a little bit. It's, it's not crazy good, but it's better than it was. I do think my vision has been a little weird off and on all week, though. So we'll have to keep monitoring that and see what the story is. Uh, I'm more worried about the side effects, which could be uh, some crazy stuff going on. So hopefully nothing like that happens. I guess the first test will be Saturday when I'm with a bunch of people at the Keystone chapter meeting. And as I mentioned last week, because of this medicine and because I'm still taking, even though I'm tapering, I'm still taking the prednisone, I'm a little more susceptible for uh, infections. And this medicine by itself is that's the case. And combined, the pharmacist told me that I'm even a little bit more susceptible. We'll see what goes on, and hopefully I'll continue to feel better. Again, not 100% better, but definitely better. Uh, the one, as I could tell how my vision's going to be during the day, for the day when I get on the scale each morning and I can or can't read the numbers on the, the big numbers on the scale, with the uh, knowing how my body's going to feel for the rest of the day, I kind of can tell when I'm washing my back and I bend my left arm and touch my right arm uh, behind my back. If I can do that with little to no pain, I know it's going to be a, an okay day. doesn't mean that later on, if I'm in the cold, some body part or another may hurt, especially my hands. When my hands get cold, they hurt and they don't work. They kind of seize up. For the most part, I, th- I think it's doing something. So again, we'll see and I'll, I'm sure I'll report back. So last Saturday, and I'm recording this on Friday afternoon, it's just been a crazy week, which I'll get into in a few minutes with the meetings that I had the other day. Last Saturday was Winter John, and like I said earlier, it was the first one since 2019. They had one scheduled for 2020, but as I mentioned, it was pouring down rain overnight Friday into Saturday or Saturday into Sunday. I don't remember the date of it. It was the last weekend in January of 2020. So even before things shut down, but because of all the rain, they were afraid with all the electrical cabling and equipment that there would be an issue. So this was the first one since 2019. Liz and I love going to them. Now, as luck would have it, it's been a mild winter here in the Philadelphia area for all but about 10 days. Right around Christmas and last weekend, Friday and Saturday, Saturday being the coldest, and Saturday was the day of the concert. 
I think the high that day in Philadelphia was 28 degrees. The wind chills never got out of the teens. And Liz and I stood outside at this concert. Now, there were three bands. There were four bands. I don't know who the first guy was. His name was Joe P. I have no idea who that is. And again, this is a free show. You have to download the tickets. The other bands that we were excited to see, Lovely the Band, Day Glow, and All Time Low. All Time Low is a band Liz has seen a million times because Jane loved them when she was a kid. And it was just when they were starting out, they were, I don't want to say they're a local band. They They were based in Baltimore. So they played Philadelphia fairly often. And I know Jane would see them several times a year. They were at Warp Tour a lot of years and things like that. So I don't know how much older they are than Jane, but they're probably somewhere around eight years older than Jane. Jane is now 26, so these guys are in their early 30s. Jane has been seeing them (laughs) since she was in middle school. That's how long they've been around. So it's been a while, 2008, 2009, somewhere in that ballpark. I've only seen them once before, and I, I do like them as well. So we were excited to go to this show. First of all, it was the first concert for Liz and I since December 4th, 2019, which we had tickets to go to one of the summer shows that Alt 1045 Philly had called, I don't remember what they're called, um, whatever. They used to have them monthly during the summer. This year, they well, last year they only had one, and it was on a Sunday, and it was while Liz was still in school, and it takes a lot out of Liz. And so I said, you know what, it's a hot day, let's not go. And we didn't go. It was Vance Joy and a few other bands. I don't remember who the other ones were, but Vance Joy was the headliner. And we've seen him before, and I would have loved to have gone. But we didn't, because I knew it, was gonna, it, would, have, <laughs> it would have wiped out Liz, not only for that night, but for the next day at school. So we didn't go. If it were a show that was a couple weeks later, we would have gone, because she didn't have school the next day. So we're standing there. Well, let me backtrack. We, because it was so cold, we didn't want to get there too early. We knew we weren't going to see Joe P., So we didn't, he was on at 12, at 1 o'clock, Lovely the Band came on. We left the house at 1 o'clock, and we got there, we saw the last five or six, probably saw the last five songs in the venue, and heard another couple of songs while we were driving past and parking, and walking up to the venue. The venue was the parking lot at Xfinity Live, which is right in the stadium district downtown in um, South Philadelphia, right next to Lincoln Financial Field across the street from Citizens Bank Park. And in fact, we parked in Lot S of Citizens Bank Park. Parking was also free, which is great. So really nothing spent to get down there uh, to go to the show. And, And I guess I should back up even a little bit before that. When we got the tickets, when I got the tickets... I think the early January they was the first download. And I always have trouble with this because it's not very and I don't use the screen reader because I still click a lot with the mouse and I don't trust myself on the computer enough to do it and I certainly wouldn't do it on my phone with the way my phone works. So I try to zoom in and I try to do it using my site. And so when I first when the tickets first came available and if you've ever grab tickets when they go on sale, you know, you're waiting and there's usually a countdown clock. And, and then when they're available, you see a little activity on the website and then some things pop up. Now, I don't know if I was zoomed in too much when these tickets popped up, but I ended up clicking on the VIP tickets, which were on the left. 
And with my vision, if I haven't mentioned this a million times, the this best spot, the sweet spot of my vision is in my left eye. My right eye sees nothing. Is in my left eye on the outside, on the left side of the eye. So not on the nasal side, on, I don't know, the ear side. <laughs> and towards the lower portion. So I didn't even see where the free tickets had popped up. Now, again, I don't know if I was zoomed in too much. And I typically don't zoom in that close because I'm always afraid that I will miss something. And I will, cl- <laughs> I will click a button even if I can't read what it says because I assume, oh, there's a button there. That must be to buy tickets. And that's what I did, and I just couldn't get around that. And I started texting with Jane, and Jane was at work, of course, but she was working from home, so she was able to help out. And she actually downloaded tickets, and I just couldn't get that, and it was frustrating me, and I didn't give up. <laughs> I didn't give up. And then she said, I'm not seeing those things that you're seeing. Go back to the first page. And so when I went back to the first page, she said, there's two things there. One is for VIP and one is for the free tickets. And I said, oh, okay. So then I noticed them. And again, it could be that I was, I wasn't, I was still at the same zoom level. So I don't think I was zoomed in too far. I think it's just that I have a very small spot to see and I just missed it. So I clicked that button and somehow tickets were still available. I grabbed two tickets and then I put them in, you had to download the app. So I downloaded the app on my phone. I put them in that. And then I was able to put them in my wallet, which was very cool because that makes it so easy. But I, because of all the trouble with my phone, I thought, you know what? Let me take a screenshot of these because I'm worried that if my phone is doing something crazy, I think I should still be able to get to my photos. And so I did that. Well, here was the trouble the day of the show. Because we came in while it was going on, while Lovely the Band was playing... I couldn't hear my phone because I forgot to bring earbuds. So the, f- the tickets were on my phone and I couldn't hear and my phone was getting hung up because evidently when I tried to open my phone, when we left, there was a Nest notification that somebody was at our front door. Yeah, it was us leaving. <laughs> so that had slowed my phone down because I, I guess, you know, there were, I don't know, a few thousand people at this event. Yeah, you heard me right. Outside in the cold on that day. <laughs> And I couldn't get into my phone. So we were probably standing there trying to enter for five to 10 minutes because I just couldn't get the phone to work. Finally, I handed my phone to Liz. I turned off voiceover and she was able to get into it. And I don't remember if she pulled up the app or the screenshot, but the QR code came up. The girl scanned us in and we were good to go. They didn't even pat me down. I don't know that they patted Liz down. I think they did. And they may have searched in her uh, purse. I don't want to say that Uh, People have low expectations of blind people wanting to do bad things. (laughs) But both here and when we were down in Washington last week, they kind of let us slide. And I guess I shouldn't complain about that because sometimes it is a hassle and uh, things like that. But we walked in and we listened for a while as we're walking in and we stopped. And usually we like to stand by the sound booth, uh, which uh, in the summer, I'm sorry, in the winter, they usually have a heater. The last time we were there for a show was in November of whatever that year was, 2019, I think it was. And maybe it was 2018. It was a, it was a fall or winter show that wasn't Winter John, and it was Bastille. It was a surprise show. It was You didn't know who the band was. You, had, you got the tickets, same thing, they were free. And then you just showed up and 
uh, and happened to be Bastille, but they had this propane heater there, which <laughs> which was awesome. And you could see the glow. And just seeing the glow, not even able to feel the heat from it, but just seeing the glow made it nice. This time, there was a propane heater, but it had a blower, and I didn't see any glow, but I did actually feel the heat from it. So we did make our way to the sound booth, and we watched the rest of... Actually, we walked over there after Lovely the Band was done, because then everybody went inside to warm up. And since we just gotten there 15, 20 minutes earlier, we didn't go inside. We just hung out there and got a spot right up against the railing against the sound booth. And when I say sound booth, it's a tent with... <laughs> with audio equipment under it, uh, and, and some, uh, they always remind me of bicycle racks, but the metal barriers that, uh, surround, like, uh, if they're holding crowds back from a parade or, or things like that, but they look like a bike rack, basically. So we hung out there, and, and as I mentioned, Dayglow was the second band. Now, Dayglow has not been around that long, so Dayglow is the, the next band, and they were, they were really good, uh, they don't have the stage presence like All Time Low has or even Lovely the Band has. But again, they're on their way. And one of the issues that they had, and it kind of made us laugh because we were at the opposite end of that a couple of summers ago when we saw Shade and Silver Sun pickups and a couple others. It was a really hot day that day. And Shade had computer issues because it was so hot. Silver Sun pickups had to cut their set short because they were having all sorts of trouble with their instruments and things like that and electronics. So when Dayglow took the stage, they played one or two songs and then they had to retune the bass. And while they were retuning the bass, that's what you're going to hear. You'll hear this coming up in Just Listen. But I, I said to Liz, I said, isn't this kind of funny? We've been here at both ends of the spectrum. 20s? and 90s and both of the both of them played havoc on the equipment for the uh, for the band so i just thought that was kind of funny we were at one it's also been interesting over the over the years that we've been going to winter john and it used to be called winter jam and they got sued by somebody to tell them to change the name because somebody else had that name for something so it became winter john uh, which, Dan, it makes me think of you because you always said that when we, when we were working in the same office together doing digital graphics work, you would always say, you would always use that word many different ways. And again, I always think of it <laughs> when I hear Winter John, I think of Dan sitting across the desk from me. But we were at one, the, the weather has been great some years and has been maybe as cold other years. A few years ago, I don't remember who the main stage people were, but on the small stage, and they didn't have a small stage this year, on the on the small stage that year was a band called Cruiser, which was a Philly band, and the guy is on stage, the lead singer also played guitar, and during the set, he's like, I can't feel my fingers, and I'm thinking, how's he playing the guitar if he can't feel his fingers, and uh, it was a good set, but it it's, we've been there when it's been in the 60s. And that, of course, has been nice. There's been times that we had to leave really early. One year, uh, Cold War Kids was the headliner. I believe it's also the year Andrew McMahon played at it. But Cold War Kids, and Jane said, and Jane, I guess, I don't know if she was in college or high school still, but she said, there's two songs I want to hear by Cold War Kids, and then we can go. And I said, well, what about uh, songs I want to hear? Well, okay, if you want to hear something different, then we could stay. But fortunately, Cold War Kids, the second and third songs they played were the ones Jane wanted to hear. And she's like, and by that point, we were freezing. So we saw all of Day Glow. Like I said, we saw about five songs from Lovely the Band. And then All Time Low came on. And I 
they were they are very entertaining. They are entertaining because they have great chemistry among themselves because they've been together for so long. I don't know if they were friends before they started the band, but there's just you could just tell that they're just very comfortable with each other and again, they're just the chemistry is great. And they 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 were awesome. And I kept telling Liz, I said, Liz, when you are too cold, we'll go. Just let me know. And finally she said, you know, I, I, we got to go. I can't, you know, <laughs> it's so cold. And as she grabbed my hand as we were walking out, I could feel her whole body shivering. And I said, you should have said something earlier. We didn't have to wait. So we, I, I don't remember how many songs we, we saw from All Time Low. Probably six give or take. And I, I never went back to look at it. Usually I go to set list or set lists.fm and, and you can see the set list and I would be able to see how many songs we've missed and what else, what else they played and so forth. But it was a lot of fun to be back there. And I realized as cold as it was, and the only thing that was really bothering me was my feet. My feet were so cold and my hands to a degree would get colder. And I, I mentioned to Liz, kind of reminded me if you're familiar <laughs> With that movie Titanic, yes, the one that was so huge back 25 years ago, they were talking about how the water spills over from one place to the next. That's how my fingers felt. It started off with like my index finger, and I said, you know, then it started to spill over <laughs> to my middle finger, and it was just working down my hand. I don't know why it was like that. That was the story there. Now, during the show or during one of the breaks, and I guess it was the break between All Time Low and Day Glow, I really had to go to the bathroom, and I thought I could wait till we got home. And I said to Liz, I said, do you think they're letting people inside or do you think you needed the VIP ticket to get in there? Because outside they only had porta potties. And <laughs> I would have gone on a tree before I had gone into one of those. Again, just like I've mentioned before, I wouldn't have been able to see anything in there. And I'm certainly not feeling around for anything in there. I don't want to touch anything. I don't want to touch anything, not even the door to close it. I don't want to touch it. We decided to work our way over to the building and go inside to see if we could, uh, I could use the bathroom in there. And sure enough, you could. Now, the funny thing was we were standing for so long. When we first started walking, my feet felt like I was wearing shoes that had water in them. That's how my feet felt. They were cold. They were, <laughs> they were so numb. And so we made our way in there. And I, I don't know what it is with me and stories that I have when I pee, and I know I didn't say this, but I had I had one that maybe one day I will tell you when I what is on the train going to Washington. Uh, it was a funny story. Maybe I'll have a <laughs> compilation, a bathroom compilation. <laughs> but this there, there really wasn't an issue once we got inside. I went into the men's room. Of course, the, the ladies' room had the line around the corner. The men's room, you just walk past all those poor women having to go and walk right in, go up to the urinal, and um, then wash my hands. Now, when I washed my hands, I went over to the dryer because they didn't have any paper towels. I couldn't get the dryer to go on. So I, again, what I usually do, I wipe my hands on my pants and out the door I went. And um, I hate when they just have the dryers though because obviously I'm touching my cane after I've used the bathroom. And I'd like to, if I have a paper towel, I usually dry my hands a little bit, take that wet the paper towel that's wet and I wipe my cane off. Then I get another paper towel and I use that to finish drying my hands and as well as open the door if the door is closed or to, you know, if it's usually bathrooms or if you've got to pull them open, uh, I don't want to touch, again, my hands are clean. I don't want to touch something that may or may not be dirty. I don't know if the guy in front of me washed his hands. So that was the time at 
Winter John. Again, a lot of fun. I can't wait for the summer shows to come back, and I look forward to those, and hopefully finally getting into going to some more shows, because I, I definitely miss doing that. Again, it was well over three years since we had been to a concert, and you know, it's it's just a lot of fun. Liz and I both enjoy it, and standing is not an issue, uh, other than when it's <laughs> as cold as it was. Speaking of standing, I had two meetings this week on Wednesday, and Wednesday, I, I don't know how I would do it if I had an actual full-time job between the things that I do with the NFB and White Canes Connect and the Keystone Chapter and all that stuff. Meetings were about two and a half hours, two hours, 40 minutes long. And I had some other things going on that I had to do both for the website and for White Canes Connect. So I probably spent, on Wednesday, I probably spent five hours doing work for, in in one form or another, for um, either the state affiliate or White Canes Connect, which is technically also the state affiliate, or even Keystone Chapter. And I, I think it was Keystone Chapter stuff because we're doing a promotion called Dinner for a Week where we're getting gift cards from restaurants that we will then raffle off. And of course, I will <laughs> shamelessly plug that once we start doing that because uh, I think it's a cool thing. We're trying to get national restaurants so that anybody anywhere can win the quote-unquote basket of gift cards dinner for a week. And we can, if you're, you know, obviously you don't need to be present to win because there is no being present. Uh, you'll buy the tickets. Uh, I think we were going to do $5 each or three for 10. I'm not, not quite sure. I don't remember if we even finalized that. We're in the process of getting the gift cards now though. And it's something that I think they're going to focus on selling a lot of the gift cards when we are at national convention in Houston in July. Uh, I'm still on the fence about that. So, so I did that letter that day. I had the meeting for the blind merchants. And as I mentioned on the, at the top, One of the things that is so troubling to me with the merchants is the business enterprise program. COVID is now, we're into the third year. It is really, the the business enterprise program in Pennsylvania really isn't still up and running. If you wanted to get into it today, who knows when you would get in. I know that I've inquired about it. I know there's another person who is from Greater Lehigh Valley in Kirk Hunger's uh, chapter She has been trying to get into it. They just don't have, there's a training mechanism, a training aspect that hasn't even kicked in yet. And you would think in 2023 or in 2022 even, you would have an online component, maybe not do all of the training, but you can certainly get the school stuff done so that you know how to send in reports and you know how to order products and you know the vendors. Why can't that be done online? I I don't get it. It's just ridiculous. And so we are about a year since I inquired about it. And it's just not up and running. And there's a meeting in March in Harrisburg that I am, if I don't go to it in person, I will go to it via Zoom. I think it's more powerful to be in person and to be speaking directly to the people from, I, I believe it's the uh, state licensing agency, that this is not up and running yet. It's just unacceptable. If you have bills and you want to get into this program, and again, I, I didn't have any formal training when I opened the web. Well, that's not true. I did have formal training for West Coast Video because they had West Coast College. 
that was a week of learning how the computer works and then practicing on a, one of their corporate stores. So, okay, so I did have some training there. I didn't have any training for salon supplies and interiors. Here's a product, you sell it. When it sells, you order more. When you collect the money, put the money in the bank. It's not rocket science. If it were, if it was rocket science, then you, yes, then you got to go to school. I mean, kids, kids do it all the time in the summer. They go make lemonade and they set up a table or something out in front of their house and they sell it to people driving by. If you're lucky, your parents are on a what they think is a horrible street because it's got too much traffic. But when you got a lemonade stand, it works great. It's a little more than that. I get it. And maybe some people are newly blind, so you've got to be able to use screen reading software and all that sort of stuff. You have to be able to prove, again, when you're, when you're opening a business, if your business is in Milwaukee and you're in Detroit, that's going to be hard to get to on a daily basis. But if, you're, if your business is in Springfield and you live in Swarthmore, pretty easy to get to. Get on the bus, you can walk, whatever. You can get there. So you have to prove that you're able to travel on your own. You certainly can't have help traveling or need help traveling because you'd never it would just make it difficult. So I get I get that there's that component, but once you get checked for having that ability or not having that ability and learning it, you should be able to figure out how to do the stuff, get the training, and again the training most of it should be done online where you can learn whether it's via video. And again, most folks are blind, so you, you need video because you're not really going to see what's going on. Just need, for God's sakes, it could be a podcast. It could be a podcast. It could be uh, anything like that. So it's not up and running, and there are spaces. So what happens with these locations that are in state and federal buildings if they can't have someone, if there's not somebody in the business enterprise program to run the grab-and-go, that's, that's the official name of the blind bodega, <laughs> or these vending places, like I worked for Kirk at the post office, then what happens, some outside company can take those and operate those. So by them delaying opening the BEP up fully to start placing blind folks in these businesses or bidding on these businesses, other companies are then jumping in and grabbing these spots. And they're, again, they're, if you're a company that has a few spots, one more place doesn't cost you that much more to run it, especially if it's vending because you do a route. And it just makes it harder down the road for somebody who's blind to get in there. And then there's all this fighting. Hey, it's, it's ours to give away. They can't still be in there. And there's always an issue. It's just always an issue. And so, again, it's, just, it's almost like they don't want the blind folks to be in there. And it, it just bothers me. So that was the, most of what we talked about at our, at our merchants meeting. And like I said, I'm, I'm hoping to go to Harrisburg in March. I forget what the date was, 22nd or something. Hopefully, I'll, I'll do that. The other meeting was for the website for nfbfpa.org that we're working on. And... Uh, it was a relief to me to hear that the president of the affiliate said, you know what, we don't need to bring all that stuff over. There are, there are hundreds of pages of content there that may or may not even still be relevant. Got to have the basics, which is great, which we can hopefully in a, in a couple of days get all that stuff on the site and 
that should be it. And then just start putting new content on like Washington seminar. We have some pictures and things like that. We have images from the convention back in November. And I have to tell you a funny story about that. When I was finally able to get into the convention images and there were two nights of photos that were done. Uh, there was a photographer there one night they had a veterans presentation from blind vets and anybody within the affiliate whose family member served, they were able to get it acknowledged. And I'm looking at those images, zoomed in on my computer. I'm like, I don't know that guy. I don't know that guy. I don't know that guy. I don't know that girl. I don't know that guy. I don't know who these people are. And even when I did know them after a few minutes of looking at them, it was just, it was just brutal. So I'm looking at pictures. The other night was from the banquet. And during the banquet, there are speeches that are given in between courses and even sometimes as you're eating. And so some of the pictures were of the people speaking, but they also had pictures of people at the tables. And I'm looking at this one table and I thought, hmm, this looks like the table that I was at, but I don't recognize that guy and I don't know who that is. And I'm looking at this one guy. I'm like, who the hell is that guy? And I'm looking around and then I see somebody that I know is at my table. Then I realize that guy, <laughs> that old guy was me. And I, I started laughing. And the reason I recognized myself, I recognized the tie. And then as soon as I realized it was me, I zoomed in on my forehead and I saw the bump and the, and the, uh, the scab uh, from bumping my head a couple days before. And so I knew that was me. And I, it just made me laugh out loud that I didn't even recognize myself. And uh, <laughs> maybe it's my beard is a little too white. If any of you guys color your beards, I'd be interested to know because my hair is not so bad, but my beard is terribly white. Uh, to the point when I do shave and it goes into the white sink, I can't, I can't see the hair. Between those two meetings and a couple other phone calls that night, I, as I mentioned, I talked to my friend Chris Staley that night, and I'll talk, to, talk about that in a minute. I did all the calls because we weren't recording for a podcast. I did all the calls on my phone via Zoom, but on my phone. The website meeting, I walked 6,600 steps. The merchants meeting, I walked around 2,200 steps. One of the phone calls, I, I think it was with my friend Alex, that was around 14 or 1,500 steps. And my phone call with Chris was another 2,000 steps. I walked 18,000 steps on Wednesday, the 8th of February. 18,000, and I never left my property. And the only time I was outside was when I was outside with Ziggy a couple of times and maybe to throw some recycling out. Because, oh, and I did take the trash out, but that wasn't until the 9th. That was after that all, all counted. So 18,000 steps, never leaving the property. And again, my house is not huge. It's with the basement that's finished. It's probably about fourteen or 1,500 square feet. Most of the steps were taken in my basement from Studio B to the hallway that's just outside the door, back and forth all those times. I did walk some upstairs in the kitchen and the living room, but most of them were downstairs. 18,000 steps for that day. So uh, I, guess, I guess it's healthy for me to take some calls. <laughs> so I'll keep you up to date on the both the merchants and the NFB of PA website. I'm looking forward to getting that up and running hopefully soon. I've got something coming up in March in State College Leadership Seminar that I'm going to, and I'm hoping that it'll be up and running for that. So I mentioned Chris Staley. Chris Staley is, was my instructor and Dan's instructor at the Chubb Institute, and that's where Dan and I met back in 2003. And 
Chris and I have stayed connected because he's run a graphics business and has uh, purchased web hosting from digital graphics, both while Dan was my partner and continuing on till now. Now, there's only a few sites that he has now. In fact, he's winding his business down because he's working on something else. So he had a couple of questions and he wanted to tell me a a very cool story, which I can only tell you a little bit about at this point. (laughs) But we worked out as far as hosting goes for a couple of his clients. And uh, then he told me the fun stuff that he and his husband, Ken, are working on a TV show. And they found a producer that was very excited for it. So I'm interested to see where that goes. That's very exciting stuff. And uh, I wish him the best of luck in that. But as I mentioned at the beginning, 20 years knowing him, it's hard to believe that it's that long ago. And it was the year the link opened in Philadelphia. I still haven't been in that. 20 years now, and I haven't been in that stadium. And as I record this, obviously, Super Bowl is Sunday. Looking forward to that. And finally getting back to going to in-person parties. My friend Alex is having his normal party for the Super Bowl, which I'm excited to go to, uh, A, to see him because we don't get to see each other that often, and uh, B, the last time the Eagles won the Super Bowl, we were there. So uh, I'm excited for that. And uh, getting back to Chris, it was great. It was great talking with Chris the other day. We spent probably 45 minutes on the phone. Just good to hear from him. I'm going to mention White Canes Connect briefly, but I'm going to tease the next episode. I still have not finished editing episode 60, which I talked about last week, which was having Susie from Southeastern Guide Dogs on. Uh, that should drop... I don't want to say any minute now. Uh, I'm about halfway done the editing. Between these meetings and some other some other issues with some other websites, I, I just didn't get to editing, and it's just been a it's just been a slow a slow process. I gotta fix my workflow now. Some of the problem is I would come down here, sit down to start editing, and my phone would ring, or something else would go on, and it would take me away for not just a couple of minutes, but for an hour or two. So. White Canes Connect episode 60. It will drop this weekend, I guarantee it. Uh, unless I drop dead, then then I guess it doesn't matter. But it will drop. Susie from Southeastern Guide Dogs tells us the process of getting a dog from their organization. She goes over the pricing, which there is no pricing because it's free. And uh, it's funded by donations and some very kind people that uh, keep the place going. And as I mentioned last week, Southeastern Guide Dogs was founded all the way back in 1982, which she made it sound like it was long ago, but I didn't think it was that long because that was the year I graduated high school. So check that out when it does drop. Now, I can mention this, and this was something else that kind of upset me. We talked to Sean Calloway, who's the president of the National Federation of the Blind of the District of Columbia, also the president of Noble, the National Organization of Blind Black Leaders. And it was a great discussion that we had with him And one of the things he said was very upsetting to me, and he was talking about how Noble is trying to change the feeling within the black community of blind people. And he gave us a, for instance, of a girl who had called a popular morning show called The Breakfast Club, and she called to complain that nobody would hire her as a babysitter because she and some of her friends also wanted to babysit. They were blind or visually impaired and they ridiculed this girl. Now (laughs) I was going to play a clip on the episode of white canes connect, which I'll start to edit once I finish the guide dogs episode. 
But the the girl's voice, and I don't remember her name, the girl's, she sounds like she's 10 years old. And she wasn't prepared for the blowback that she got from the hosts of the show. I mean, they ridiculed her and they made fun of her and it, it was it was just wrong. And And the episode was from a few years ago, but it's just, and it's out there on YouTube. Again, I'll put the link in the show notes. It just irritated me again because blind people, they kept saying, could do a lot of things, but they can't watch my kids. I wouldn't have them watch my kids. They're not taking my kids out and walking around the city with my kids. So check out episode 60 with the, the Susie and the Southeastern Guide Dogs, episode 61 with Sean Calloway and Noble. We also have talked to a guy named Tom Snedding, who is from the PACE program here in Pennsylvania that is a pharmaceutical assistance program for uh, the elderly, which is funded by which is funded by the Pennsylvania Lottery. And it is horrifying how much money the lottery makes. He had given us some numbers. The lottery makes somewhere around $4 billion annually, and they make about one2 in profit that goes to fund these different programs for the elderly. And PACE started in the early 80s, funded from the lottery, which started in the early 70s, Back in the early 70s, there was one number drawn each day. It was, at the time, called the daily number. It was a three-digit number. It was drawn just before 7 o'clock, and that was the only thing. Now, there is a two-digit, a three-digit, a four-digit, a five-digit, plus a couple of lotto-type games that are not daily, but a couple times a week, one time a week. So, again, $4 billion or so. And it's just incredible to think. And it made me think of when I was at the blind bodega watching the people come in and use the vending machines to buy scratchers or buy Powerball or buy games that you can play right there on the machine. It's like a video game, but you play it right there on the machine and you win or lose right then and there. That will be episode 62, which will come out in a couple of weeks. Just a, just a very interesting interview with him. And he's served under eight governors going back to, and again, folks who are from Pennsylvania, this is a name from the past, going back to Milton Shap. That's how far back he goes. So again, episode 62 of White Canes Connect for a couple of weeks from now. 61 will be Sean Calloway. <laughs> That brings us to Just Listen, and I kind of alluded to it a little earlier with Winter John and not wanting to. I wish I could have grabbed some more sound from the music, but I'm, I've just always been told, don't put anything copywritten, especially music, on. So here is Sloane Struble, the man behind Dayglow, talking while they tune the bass and... Uh, again, kind of entertaining, and again, it was a, they were they were great. If you have a chance to, if you like alternative music, Dayglow is a great one to see live. And here is Sloane Struble in this week's Just Listen. Go Eagles! We had a contest uh, right before the show started to see who could do the best evil screech, and Bray won. Yeah, it's my band. We got Brady on the drums. Collins on the guitar. That's Nori over there on the keys. My name's Sloan. This is Jesse. Tune in the bass. 
Hell yeah. As I said, at the end of that clip, the music started after they got everything good to go, and it just sounded great on Liz's phone from the recording, but I don't want to play this copywritten stuff, so I didn't play any of it. That's just Listen for this week. Show is a lot of fun. Can't wait for the... (laughs) Can't wait for the summer ones when it's a little bit warmer. Again, look forward to going to more shows. So that is all I have for this week. Episode 218 of I Can't See You. Please reach out if you've got questions, comments, show ideas, like something, hate something, have an idea, whatever. Please reach out. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out on social media at David Benj on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And you can also listen to the show on YouTube if you like, if you want to be like Ziggy. You can also reach out via the phone number, 646-926-6350. You've got up to three minutes. Leave your name in town. If you do leave a message, I'll use it on an upcoming episode. Again, love it, hate it, have a review, have something I should know. Please let me know. 646-926-6350. I hope to hear from you. As always, the show notes are available over on the website, icantseeyou.com slash 218, icantseeyou.com slash 218. Remember, I can't see you sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U.com slash 218. Until next week, be well, stay safe, and go Eagles! Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.